Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Greetings of peace, love and light. Alhamdulillah wa shukrulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Greetings of peace, friends and family around the world. Thank you for tuning into Path and Present. I'm your host, Baraka Blue. Honored to be with you, honored to be introducing this episode of the podcast. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Yusuf Carter, who is the uh, professor of Islamic studies, the Kenan Rafai Fellow in Islamic studies in the Department of Religious Studies at North Carolina University, UNC. And uh, he is an anthropologist of religion, studying religion. And his research interests are in Sufism and Sufi movements, Islam in West Africa and the United States, religion in the African diaspora, Black Atlantic and decolonial studies, and anthropology of religion. And we get into discussions of uh, all of these topics related to that. Uh, He's somebody that I've known from uh, some years ago in the Bay Area when we were both there. Our paths crossed, and he was recently in Seattle for a conference on anthropology. And uh, I had the blessing of sitting with some of the uh, Muslim anthropologists who were at that conference, including him. And uh, so we had uh, some really good conversations off mic, and this was the conversation that we were able to capture on mic. So alhamdulillah wa shukrulillah. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, want to remind anybody that if there are any uh, guests or any topics that you would be interested in, please let us know. Feel free to comment or like on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts as well. Uh, And uh, lastly, you can support this podcast first and foremost by dua. Please pray for us. And um, secondly, if you want to be a sustainer of this podcast, uh, you can support on Patreon. We have a Patreon page for this podcast, patreon.com slash path and present, where you can become a sustainer, inshallah. So uh, with that, we look forward to uh, this episode and inshallah, many more in the near future. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, I mean, so before we recorded, we were talking about Malcolm and Rumi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a deep jump off because I think what drew me and I think a lot of us to Islam is mm-hmm. Malcolm embodies the kind of ethical imperative of mm-hmm. Islam, like yeah. the kind of... Um, being active in the world Mm -hmm. like spirituality drawing out of you Mm -hmm. a really profound engagement with the world yeah um and Rumi you know is is at least seen popularly or kind of envisioned as a Mm -hmm. this love mystic poet which you would think those are very separate things but Mm -hmm. um I think that's really a misunderstanding too because 
you know, Malcolm was deeply spiritual, and um, there's that book I read it years ago, actually, mm-hmm. when I was an undergrad, on the side of my people, mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. religious life of Malcolm, X, yeah. which is like yeah. really yeah. central. And I think, yeah. you know, and I heard that, uh, you know, I actually heard someone that heard directly from Betty Shabazz, mm-hmm. like Hama, that uh, she said to some of the, they said that you know, that. You know, many people are claiming Malcolm, but the Muslims need to claim Malcolm. That's what she kind of said, and and so there's that. But then, but then also Rumi, you know, if you read, look, there's like his Masnavi, and then there's his Diwan. Mm-hmm. Those are his two books of poetry, and then mm-hmm. there's another collection which is basically his notes his student took of his lectures. Yeah. So so there's that. But then there's another collection actually of his letters. Mm-hmm. And often these would be letters to rulers mm-hmm. and letters to politically powerful people yeah. that he was engaging often like calling them, exhorting them to take care of the poor and the need. Yeah. Or also he would he would because he was a person of influence mm. as a as a scholar, he was using his influence to benefit those in need and things of that nature. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think for me, when I was especially at the age of my late teens and my early 20s, mm-hmm. I embraced this when I was 20, I was really turned off by a type of um, activism that was devoid of mm-hmm. the transcendent, or, yeah. but also a type of spirituality that was world-renouncing in a way that... Disengagement. Disengaged. Yeah. And I see a lot of, like, in your work, also similar themes. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, what you, what you raise um, sort of yields some very interesting questions. And so what does it mean to read Rumi um, as a politics? And what does it mean to understand Malcolm's work as an act of love, mm. right? As an embodiment of his spirit right Mm. Uh, and who he was spiritually one of the things that i i'm teaching actually uh next uh semester i'm teaching a course on um african-american islam which is a course i've taught um many times but uh one of the things that i've that i've also um discussed in um this invisible muslims program that um rudolph ware put together as a way to highlight the presence of Islam amongst people of African descent mm-hmm. and asking the question, right? We, cause we think about Malcolm as like this activist. We don't think about Malcolm as this sort of spiritual being, right? Mm-hmm. That, or a person who had faith mm-hmm. that, um, that, that then informs mm-hmm. his political charge we often think in the reverse like his political charge is then sort of opens this door to his sort of religious experience but it's actually the other way around right Mm. or actually it's it's um for him and for many of us you can't untangle the two it's like separating you know the tea from water right? right um but on that faithful day faithful day in the autobahn ballroom he was in a moment where he knew his life was at risk. He knew that he was not going to be live a long life. What does it mean to climb the steps of that stage in order to address your people, a people um, who have historically been dispossessed 
um, discriminated against and disinherited, um, thinking about that as an act of love, but also an act of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that is that is what does it mean to believe? such a degree where like if you knew like when you leave your door today tomorrow what have you mm-hmm. um that your life would be taken mm-hmm. um on the way to do your work um not for yourself but mm-hmm. for this for the sake of freedom right right, right? that is faith yeah right um and if you can't call it faith, then it, you have to call it insanity, right? <laughs> right Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. you would call it. Mm. For me, I understand it as an act of faith, right? Mm. Um, and it's, and I think this is the, the, the most appropriate, but also profoundly beautiful and also humanizing way to understand what he's doing. Um, what he did, what he gave, mm-hmm. right? Um, he did not live a life of wealth. He did not live mm-hmm. a life of ease. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually sacrificed so much family time, right? Um, uh, in order to, uh, to, to do the work, to in, be engaged in the practice of freedom, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's very much connected to my own work, um, in tracing and mapping and trying to understand the founding of a community of Muslims in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, in the American mm. South, um, that is situated half an hour from driving distance from Charleston, excuse me, one of the um, more important ports of entry, significant ports of entry for enslaved Africans mm-hmm. historically, mm-hmm. Muslims included. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently is situated on the the mosque in Monk's Corner is currently situated on, on land that was formerly a slave plantation. Um, and so um, one of the things that I'm, that I'm um, sort of interrogating is this assumption of Sufism as apolitical. Mm-hmm. Right. That is to say that there's an inherent politics in um, learning mm. who Allah is. Mm. There's an inherent politics embedded within practicing love. There is an inherent politics in um, spirit, one's spiritual development. Um, and this is what I think about when we um, read Rumi, when we mm-hmm. read Malcolm, etc., um, and look at their lives and think about them as Muslim men in the worlds that they inhabited and the, the concerns that they bring and who are they writing to and who are their audiences and um, um, who are they writing on behalf of, who are they advocating for, who are they speaking to, you know, what, what are their, their sort of priorities um, as they're writing, working, loving, sacrificing, praying, etc. Mm. Um, you know, two things that, that, that don't happen, I think, in most people's minds when they think of Malcolm, for example. They don't think of, in spite of the fact that there's photographic evidence to this fact, they don't think about him smiling, right? They don't think about him praying, right? Mm. Um, there are photographs of 
Malcolm praying. There are photographs of Malcolm smiling, yeah. right? Um, um, but there's a sort of certain manner in which um, our um, ideations of Malcolm um, as this fierce, yeah. um, stoic um, figure looking out the window with the with the with the <laughs> yeah with the shoddy with the AK forty seven. And not, you know, on his knees in the, yeah. in, in the Cairo mosque, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which, which really is the is the um, is the real weaponry, right? Mm. Um, you know, uh, and, and so I, I think about um, the manner in which um, the the work that I'm doing in terms of trying to sort of understand how. Of how this legacy of a kind of um, Sufi mm-hmm. um, tradition that emerges out of Senegal mm-hmm. takes root in the American South and why it does so. I forgot to mention that the, the mosque in Monk's Corner is very much so informed by the, the, the spiritual fabric of the community is informed by a, a West African Sufi tradition called the Mustafawiya, the Mashallah. Tariqa that was uh, founded in 1966 by the late uh, Sheikh Mohammed Mustafa Gai Haider, uh, and then was extended by his, his protege, um, uh, Sheikh Haruna uh, Fai, um, brought from Senegal to the American South and facilitated by... Um, an African American Muslim elder um, uh, sister, um, Umaisha, um, together when when you know back in 1994, mm-hmm. um, um, 1996 actually, they moved there to to uh, relocate from um, Shakarun at the time was living in Sierra Leone and leading a community there. They got married in 1992, 1994. They um, Moved to South Carolina, where um, Umaisha had a house in Monk's Corner. Um, and in 1996, after a two-year period of, of um, teaching and working in in Charleston, um, they opened the mosque of Monk's Corner. Um, and so, quite literally, together they birthed this zawiya. And from its inception, this is a diasporic affair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, and I and I use that term birthing purposefully um, as a way to um, honor the fact that Omaisha is a midwife, the first registered nurse midwife, black nurse midwife in South Carolina. Mm. Um, she studied at the Medical University of South Carolina, um, and so yeah, I mean she has a um, a history of having been a part of the Nation of Islam. Mm. Um, and her spiritual development, her religious journey took her to um, to the sort of tradition of the Sawaf um, as informed by and through a West African lens. Um, and so the core of my work, just to sort of say a little bit more about that in terms of like how I'm actually trying to sort of articulate what's happening, um, is a study of uh, this community of primarily african-american and primarily west african muslims who are part of this tariqa part of this um um sufi community 
um, that originates in Senegal has you know members um, in in Senegal, in Mauritania, in the Gambia, and other places throughout West Africa, Morocco as well. Um, uh, there is also a, a, a community of of Mustafuya in in Cordoba in Spain. Interesting. Huge community of Mustafuya in Indonesia. Um, my work primarily is looking at Senegal and South Carolina. Um, and so the name of my book is, uh, which is as a sort of advanced contract with UNC Press, um, is called The Vast Oceans. Uh, mm. And the subtitle is Remembering God and Self on the Mustafa Sufi Path. Mm. Um, and so... Um, the, 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 I'm not sure how much I should say because I want people to read the book, but, um, but mashallah. Um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, the idea is that there is a vast ocean, right? Um, the depths of which we do not know, um, that offers um, a critical commentary on the human being and what the human being's purpose is. Um, outlines um, the ideal journey of the human being um, and that ocean is uh, Tisawaf uh, in a West African context mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Um, that this ocean offers a manner of knowing that the academic world various publics Religious communities have yet to um, fully tap into um, and fully invest in as um, a invaluable source of knowledge. That that ocean, that vast ocean, um, in the context of the study that I'm engaged in, interacts with another ocean, the depths of which we do not know with its histories of black suffering, but also movement, triumph, memory, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the Atlantic Ocean. That these two oceans mingle their waters together, right? And by virtue of thinking about um, the tradition of Tisawaf as a decolonial theological intervention that has the capacity to um, to interface with that difficult history, but also um, the ongoing everyday violence um, that people people of African descent living in various locations around the Atlantic, uh, whether in colonial and post-colonial Africa, uh, West Africa in particular, or the American South. Uh, which are both part of this sort of global South space mm-hmm. that we identify in sort of in academia, um, that together these oceans can impact and have a, 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 a critically intervene on a third ocean, which is vast, that we don't know the depths of, and that is the heart, mm-hmm. right? Surely, if Allah says that the human heart is the only thing that can contain me, surely... Uh, uh, does the heart defy 
time and space insofar as Allah does, right? If he says, indeed, the heart can contain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, what does this mean? But anyway, we also think about the heart um, from a kind of epistemological view from this sort of tradition of tasawwuf as um, this sort of record, but also animator, um, but also critical core uh, that determines the um, what a human being, the status of a human being, right? Um, it's narrated that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said that there's a piece of flesh in the body that if it is good, then all of the body is good. And this, if it is wretched or corrupt, then the whole of the body is corrupt. And that is the heart. Mm. Um, surely, and, 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 you know, various sort of Sufi literatures refer to the heart as um, the critical core that has to be addressed mm -hmm. through various means and mechanisms, um, has to be cleansed, purified, mm -hmm. cultivated, etc., um, in order to uh, render the human being um, into a human being, right? Um, in a in a sort of um, a kind of um, an ethic, an ethically engaged, attuned connected being right person right mm -hmm. um, um, that this this human being is not only a, um, a a sort of a description of this sort of material body mm -hmm. or person mm -hmm. but also is a kind of like the verb tense like a mm -hmm. human being right mm -hmm. as in being human or humane right mm -hmm. um, um, this person who is um, inclined to taqwa um, and is a, a, a person of isan, right? A person of, 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 of beauteous uh, deeds, right? A, a doer of good, a good doer, mm -hmm. right? Do-gooder. Um, yeah. But also um, a, yeah. a beauty doer a yeah. beauty maker exactly right? Ihsan, exactly exactly a beautifier right? exactly in the in english you know as you know it's like the you lose that yeah. the fact that the word ihsan means both goodness and beauty yeah like, that they're inextricably yeah. linked right which yeah. is a profound yeah. um right. you know thing, yeah, yeah and, and what can be more uh uh beautiful than a person who recognizes not only their own humanity but the humanity in others right uh, in contrast to the ugliness that is race and racialization, racial thought and racialization, right? right? Um, and so, um, one of the um, some of the questions that I that I, I think animate my my work, um, uh, which is really the result of having spent time uh, in the community, learning from Sheikh Harun, traveling with Sheikh Harun. Um, um, is what would it mean for those of us who are sort of engaged in, um, you know, uh, you know, social justice issues, act, political organizing, activism, etc., particularly with an eye turned toward um, dismantling um, structural racism, addressing racial thought, uh, racist thought, etc. What would it mean to dismantle structural racism without first dismantling the way in which those institutions, those structures inhabit us, right? Mm -hmm. 
are we not, if this is the case, are we not hopelessly bound to rebuild whatever we deconstruct or destroy or dismantle? Will we not simply just rebuild um, our society's structures, institutions in that image, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the other things that I think about is the manner in which, and I, and I kind of alluded to this before, but in sort of academic um, circles and sort of this sort of cusp of, of scholarship, you know, critical uh, ethnic studies, literary studies, black studies, etc., are engaged in um, a questioning of like, how can we rethink the human being, yeah. right? Um, away from the kinds of the legacies of race that so profoundly inform our ideas about the human being. And the, our, our ideas about the human being, or our, our idea in this sort of collective sense of the human being uh, for too many people is uh, beholden to a man-made conception of the human yes. being, which is um, inherently infused with notions of race, mm -hmm. you know, um, et cetera. And so by, by um, turning to and being informed by inspired by um, a conception of the human being that recognizes that the human being is a creation of God, right? The only inherent hierarchy in that um, understanding is between creator and created, right? There's no hierarchy within the, the sort of concept of the human being, right? Um, and so that understanding, I think, is one that has, as we, as we sort of um, talked about earlier in this conversation, there's an inherent politics to that because that is quite, at one hand, the, on, on one hand, the, the sort of recognition of a conception of the human that is, comes from the creator of humans, right? Mm -hmm. And not humans themselves, but also is an, inherently a political position because it's a refusal of a, a worldly mm. um, secular um, highly problematic conception of the human being mm. right that is driven by and informed through the nuff sexually mm. um, and so um, I talk about a few things and in, 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 or I'm talking I'm going to talk about because the book's not finished um, I'm going to talk about a few things um, in the in the book. One is this question of remembrance, uh, the art of remembrance, the practice of remembrance. Mashallah, shout out to your 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 work. Um, uh, I'm also going to be talking. So, in other words, zikr. I'm also going to be talking about ziyara, uh, which I I um, take some sort of academic license in. Um, translating as movement as opposed to mm. sacred travel mm -hmm. in a way that encapsulates a number of different things that are that are happening um, in which I'm able to sort of account for um, sacred visitation mm -hmm. <laughs> to um, to ancestors uh, who like the, the you know Chef Mustafa mm -hmm. visiting his maqam mm -hmm. in chess in Senegal 
then also uh, the the visits that people take to 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 sit with Sheikh Harun or to relocate to to Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Um, but then also the manner in which um, uh, this sort of kind of movement also um, includes uh, discourses of repatriation, right? Mm-hmm. Heritage tourism, which mm-hmm. is important for people of African descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also is like connected to uh, the intention of Ziada, which is Ziada, right? Like this sort of mm-hmm. elevation or this mm-hmm. expansion of the self, right? Um, you know, one doesn't travel just for the sake of, you know, uh, uh, leisure, right? right? One does so, or engages in, in Ziada anyway. Um, it's not a leisurely task. It's a, it's a spiritual um, practice. Right, right? no, right? and yeah. like... Rupert Sheldrake, interesting, like, British uh, scientist, but mm-hmm. he's very much interested in the spiritual dimension and trying to... But he, and he just talks about mm-hmm. that tourism begins where pilgrimage ends. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. when pilgrimage dies in Europe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because the sacred kind of falls away, that's mm-hmm. when tourism kind of... So yeah. really, that, that yeah. tourism is kind of almost like... Uh, a kind of like frustrated pilgrimage and you see mm-hmm. it with people that they go to right to the Taj Mahal or they mm-hmm. go to some ama- cathedral yeah. or, or even to the natural world to mm-hmm. some amazing mountain or beach yeah and they look at it and they f- you know but they can't bring themselves to yeah. prostrate or to well you know the, I mean? that's the thing I think there, there's something about the human the soul which they're like being sort of Moved yes. to and inspired to to pay homage to this um, this sacred site, mm. right? But they don't have the toolkit to properly appreciate it. Um, for them, it's aesthetically beautiful and it's a testament to someone's, mm-hmm. you know, um, 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 brilliance or, mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, or even if it's a sort of a natural landscape, there's a kind of there's an a, there's an inward appreciation for it. But there the the um, in, a, in the case of a, a, a kind of a mountain that someone is going to visit, they don't have an awareness or an appreciation or in a relationship with the artist, mm, you know? Absolutely. Um, and so they, they can, how can you properly appreciate, um, it's one thing to, to look at like a, you know, um, a piece by Kehinde Wiley or Van Gogh mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, and say, oh, well, this is this is really nice, mm-hmm. right? But then to not know the historical, social, political conditions in which this artist was living that then inspired the piece, right. it's a different manner of knowing entirely, right? right? Um, likewise, if one doesn't have an appreciation for uh, the creator, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not saying that we can sort of access sure. all of the sure. m- motivations and, you know, uh, you know uh, like that, but... Um, yeah, so, you know, for, 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 for someone who's like seeing, um, um, witnessing and experiencing really mm-hmm. a, a, a mountain to see a mountain is an experience, yeah. right? Um, or even in the ocean, like yeah, one of the so. things that I think about is, is the, the oceans. Um, um, uh, sure. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, ziara and travel. And yeah, yeah. So you know, um, we when we when we visit a mountain and we're experiencing a mountain or an ocean, we we are um, 
I think many of us who experience this sort of natural, um, this affect that gets um, uh, created by by our proximity to this sort of the magnitude of a mountain or yes. the majesty of an ocean, um, we feel we feel small, right? Um, um, we recognize that the mountain is like this sort of powerful, majestic yes. thing, or the ocean being this powerful, yeah. majestic thing. But then um, people, I sense that people don't really have the language to mm. appreciate what that feeling really is, right? Uh, the but fact we seek that, it yeah. out still. And yeah, I mean, it's course, deep. And yeah, all of it is there. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, think of like even a sunset, people seek it out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what is a sunset? It, it rings the verse, you know, we will show them our signs on the horizons and mm. within themselves. Because it's like you look at the horizon, you see the ayat, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know when you talk about like the smallness, but there's mm-hmm. a beautiful smallness because yeah, of course, when we think course, in the like usually as human beings, mm-hmm. something makes us feel small. That's a mm-hmm. negative thing. Like in the human domain, yeah, no. when someone like belittles you. But right. I heard somebody once say something about mm-hmm. love is that thing which makes you feel small, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful. Yeah. And then you think about the spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And the, and the ego self, right? The goal is to make it smaller as well, to kind of whittle it away. Right, and that's a, right. but, but it's actually a beautiful, like, mm. you know, in the sense where you're embraced, you're encompassed, yeah. you're But this engulfed. is related to the, 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 the art of and the reality of surrender, mm. right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to the reality that, uh, you know, um, that we do not control anything, that we do not have power, right? Mm. Uh, which is a beautiful thing, a beautiful recognition yes. Um, because honestly, if everything's in my control, I should be, that would be anxiety inducing, right? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but to, to recognize that Allah is in control of it, you know, uh, a, a being that actually is wise and knows right. all as opposed to my, you know, me with all my shortcomings, that would not be good. <laughs> um, but no, alhamdulillah. No, so the other things that I sort of uh, want to think through in the book is khidmah, service, mm. uh, or, or like, you know, in, in terms of, you know, I'm an anthropologist of religion, so I'm also like thinking about it in terms of labor. Mm. Um, and it, which is interesting to think with insofar as like, you know, one of the field sites is, you know, situated on, on, a, on a, a former slave plantation or land that was, Mm-hmm. You know, a place where people were made to labor, African people were made to labor, forced to labor mm-hmm. in service of, you know, um, uh, capitalist accumulation and hoarding of wealth. Um, uh, but then the sort of question of service uh, that is a means for one's elevation, as a means for one's growth. Um, and this is sort of related to another um sort of theoretical space or principle that I'm trying to think through which, which is Tuskia, right? Which I which I, I, I'm not um, translating or understanding as purification but cultivation. Mm. Right? Um, which is related to this question of labor and mm. about like harvesting and sowing and has mm-hmm. this sort of agricultural um, quality to it. So there's there's a kind of like license that I take. But then that but then also Shifa, um, healing, uh, um, which is, a, which is, you know, we talked about um, uh, Surah 13, verse 28, uh, unquestionably, through, unquestionably through, through zikr, the hearts are assured. Um, the, the manner in which, 
you know, uh, zikr is a is a spiritual technology, uh, a, a kind of a mechanism for for healing, a mechanism for the not just the the rectification uh, of the ego, um, but that but the rectification of that self that has been racialized, mm-hmm. that has been on the receiving end of the sort of a, a, a sort of ongoing violence of profound critical um, um, difference and discrimination. Um, and so um, we, we talked about, a, a little bit about, or alluded to anyway, um, this sort of um, legacy of, of triumph and struggle um, and movement, right? Um, um, the Tarika is a movement. Right, uh, that's that's essentially what it is. I mean, it's a it's a journey, it's a pathway, but it's it's a it's a religious movement, right? Mm. And, and all tarikas are. Um, um, it's a it's a it's a sort of a corporation, a collection of of people who are you know um, um, aimed or oriented mm-hmm. uh, in in a, in uh, uh, toward God, right? Um, and are and are relying upon um, a regular um and um consistent um litany a word or and sort of set of prayers etc so yeah i mean if it's 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 interesting it's interesting um uh, i mean and really the this work that i'm doing um i just want to make clear is not a it's not an artifact of my brilliance um, I know for a fact because I I don't claim to have brilliance, um, but or to be brilliant, but it is a record of uh, partly a record of of these of the journey of the Muslims that I've uh, become very close with, um, that I think of as friends, confidants, colleagues, family members, um, brothers, sisters, um, but then it's also a record of my own journey right so yeah. I, I um, what sort of animates um, my my research agenda is black religious empowerment right mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of where I started out before I um, in earlier works in which I've uh, tried to sort of understand the historical legacy of movements like the Islamic Party in North America which is a a predominantly African American Muslim movement that um, was headquartered in Washington D.C. and initiated in in the um, very 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 late '60s, early '70s, mm. um, and uh, sort of disbanded around about 1987. But mm. um, the the sort of um, driving force through which people understood what it meant to be a practicing Muslim was very much connected to engaging in what they called Islamic work, which is around um, the waging, waging beauty, right? The doing of good, right? Mm-hmm. The establishment of not just a lot, but also facilitating um, justice, Right, and establishing justice, right, and 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 um, their their um, took their sort of uh, religious 
ideology or not religious ideology but the the the, the um political ideology of of malcolm and um enmeshed that with the sort of movement organizational models of groups like jamaati islami in pakistan mm-hmm. or botakaria or um uh ikhwani muslimin etc and this sort of thinking of themselves as a sort of North American component of the sort of what would in their minds be the sort of global Islamic revolution. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, um, both the years in the years leading up to the um, Iranian revolution, they actually um, gave their um, um, prayer space to um, um, a group of Iranians who were protesting in Washington, D.C., uh, to allow them just to have a place to rest uh, and, and whatnot. Um, and so they were very much politically engaged. Um, and so, you know, that, that sort of um, set me on a pathway to sort of thinking, uh, to thinking about and being concerned around the question of, you know, black Muslim, not just black Muslim heritage, but black um, Muslim political engagement. Um, and, and then now um, I've come to think about and interrogate questions of the political dif- uh, differently, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and less about like this sort of arena of protests, um, less about like marching and sign making and things like mm-hmm. this, but what are the subtleties of, of a, a kind of uh, a politics that um, is not so easily recognizable, right? As, as mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote political. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, what is being cultivated in the hearts of, of people who are um, wanting to and desiring deeper relationships with, with, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah, I like that. And I like, you know, what you're getting at, too, is that there's, <clears throat> you know, there was this encounter... Um, you know, and you see it and happen all over the Muslim world between, you know, when like the European colonial enterprise kind of like spreads out. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was, um, you know, political and military loss that happened uh, mm-hmm. on the Muslim side. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there was actually much more fundamentally and much more maybe hard to explain or capture mm-hmm. is that there was a, a, a certain way of being and experiencing and knowing that was not necessarily lost, but mm-hmm. that was uh, subjugated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that really had to kind of survive under that. And this even mm-hmm. like really impacted me when I first read um, Black Elk Speaks. Mm-hmm about you know the um lakota mm-hmm. kind of sage black elk who was from the last generation who was born before european contact mm-hmm. and then lived his entire life and lived to be an old man and so he saw the whole way of life change yeah. and everything yeah. that happened yeah and he before even when he was a young child he had visions of what was going to come like mm. he had he knew and he yeah. had all these experiences but what really like um, hit me when I read that book was like, wow, you know, 
the these are people that not only of course I understood that they were the indigenous people of this mm-hmm. land who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know were defeated militarily and so that mm-hmm. you know were the, the genocide that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. but what really was deep is that he was articulating a whole way a different way of experiencing existence yeah. the unseen yeah. time yeah. Um, the signs of nature their relationship to ultimate mm-hmm. reality yeah. the, the planes of being that he was experiencing mm-hmm. and, and that we mm-hmm. as 21st century Americans mm-hmm. born in the late 20th century mm-hmm. were heirs to a worldview that mm. you know um, destroyed that one yeah yeah. And that that reading that was really and so I think that's really one of the things that's so powerful about mm-hmm. being steeped or being immersed in the living tradition mm-hmm. of Sufism of Tasawwuf yeah. in particular yeah. because it it is living. I yeah. mean, there's all these texts, yeah. but there's all these living texts as well, yeah. you know, and yeah. so. Yeah. It, it's. I think that's one of the most powerful thing is that yeah. you're actually, um, and you see these masters and they they're really inviting people into a, a different experience yeah. of themselves, yeah. of existence, yeah. and you know I think, you know, that is tied. You know, you mentioned that this like the spiritual is the political and, mm-hmm. and all these things because, and and the last thing that I was thinking when you're speaking. Um, is that you know the Quran really is a very otherworldly book in, mm-hmm. in, in, in essence it's like a death meditation and it's, mm-hmm. it's the whole thrust of it is like mm-hmm. this is an illusion like this realm yeah. has a reality but yeah. it has an unreality yeah. and it's perishing very quickly yeah. as a guide map for how you navigate yeah. this very short journey yeah. to where you're supposed to be going and don't be yeah. deluded by it and it's yeah. very much like and this is like Vicar the art of remembrance the yeah. science of remembrance because it's like you have to you know everything has a polish and the polish of hearts is thicker you, yeah. you have to because it's it's like a, a spell. This world puts you into a spell. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, the, the kind of paradigm, if, if this world is, is, is foremost for you and mm-hmm. primary, right. um, and you deny the other world, or at least you kind of like, it's like far away for you. It's in the back right. of your mind, right? right. Then It's muffled and stifled. Then it's the like, theme. like you said, it's like there's a, there's, um, at Hakamutakath, there's a need to like get things. At, there's a you know mentality of I need to collect things yeah. at, at any cost because yeah. there's like a survival. And then, mm-hmm. t- but you know when you if you're free of the Quranic message is really like trying to like free us of that. Yeah. And like to let go, like you said, yeah. to to not carry what you can't carry. <laughs> right. And then. And so it would make sense, and I know you're, you know, like you mentioned, that a lot of people think that the spiritual is disentangled from the, the, the like, worldly action. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, like, the historical record doesn't bear that out, because you have people like, you know, Abdul Qadir al-Jazairi in Algeria, who was mm-hmm. a great, I mean, he was like a metaphysician, philosopher, you mm-hmm. know, Akhbari, scholar of Ibn al-Arabi, and he was also Mujahid. Like, he fought yeah. against the colonists. And you have yeah. Omar Mukhtar, and you had, I mean, you know, West Africa. And then you had yeah. those that, like, Sheikh Ahmed Ubamba, who was, like, non-violently resisting, but again, yeah. from the spiritual. Yeah. And um, 
Mm-hmm. And of course, that makes perfect sense that the right. people that really were steeped, that had let go of this world, yeah. would be the most, the first to resist yeah. um, what, in, in ways that, you know, were. And then, you know, the other thing that you made me think of mm-hmm. when you were first speaking that kind of ties into all of this Mm -hmm. I mean when you're talking about Malcolm but it made me think of um, Martin Luther King Jr Mm -hmm. you know that there's that clip of his um, his last speech that Mm -hmm. always like gives me chills because he says something like you know you know that I've uh, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land Mm -hmm. and they said now I may not get there with you but we as a people will get to the promised land and there's this like there's this like conviction and this acceptance. That's what it is. There's this acceptance of death. Right. Yeah. That this is truth and this is right. And this like I've aligned myself with what is right. Yeah. And come what may. Which you're yeah. type with Malcolm. Yeah. And it's freedom. It's like this. Yeah. And I there was but, a, it, but it's but it's but it's but it's but it's but it's a kind of like liberation. Yes. Right. Like it's, it's it's a it's and it's something that you cannot do. You cannot grasp. You cannot perceive if you're tied to this world. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because this world would say, well, yeah. uh, he was, you know, that that you're not successful if mm-hmm. you die before you see that or, or this yeah. and that. Happen. But, yeah. but, you know, the, the prophetic hadith, like, mm-hmm. you know, plant a, if the end of time comes and you're planting a sapling, a baby tree, keep planting. Yes, the yes. sense that, like, you yes. actually are liberated, the word you used, from outward results. Because you know that that's Allah's affair. My affair is to align myself with what is true and what is beautiful and what is real. And and whether it's Mm -hmm. successful, Mm -hmm. it will not be determined in the worldly sense. It will only be determined in the next world. And we know that the one, Mm -hmm. you know, that the generous one of Karim will never reject a righteous deed, even the mustard seed of the sincere yeah. one. So it's. I'm laughing to myself because I quoted that very, very same hadith earlier today mm-hmm. in a conversation in, in the masjid with his brother. Um, and I and I and I um, lately have been thinking about that particular hadith, this sort of notion of planting a seed, even yeah. if the final hour should find you. Yeah. Continue planting, yeah. as a metaphor for thinking about what we build for successive generations. Yeah. Right. Um, and essentially what we've sort of moved into is talking about knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a sort of beautiful, um, way that, um, my brother Rudolf Ware, our brother Rudolf Ware, uh, writes about in his book, The Walking Quran, in which he says that knowledge of Islam does not abide in text, it lives in people, Mm -hmm. right? It's about this sort of intersubjective, this Mm -hmm. interpersonal transmission of of Mm -hmm. knowing, right? And, And that it's not... You know, one one can get information from books, yeah. but you don't get knowledge from books, right? Sure. You can't learn how to 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 properly understand this material existence and what lies beyond it mm-hmm. uh, from a book, no. right? That is an inheritance. Uh, that's something that you get from the inheritance, mm-hmm. the inheritors yes. of the prophetic tradition, of the prophets, of the knowers, right? Of mm-hmm. the seers, of the visionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this beautiful story uh, uh, about Sheikh Ahmed Dubamba, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, uh, in which he is um, being exiled away from his home in Senegal to Gabon uh, because the French colonial regime was fearful that his uh, 
his charisma would somehow inform uh, a, a, a kind of a revolution. Mm-hmm. And, and it did. They were right. <laughs> it wasn't an armed one like they thought. Yes. And so in spite of his path, his oath to nonviolence, mm-hmm. um, they uh, determined that they, he would be exiled away. And he, adopt, he accept, accepted this because he knew that his endurance of this tribulation, this trial, would be the means of his 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 elevation spiritually speaking as well as you know in in terms of like his his legacy but his 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 um desire was to be known as the servant of the messenger the mm-hmm. Rasul. Mm-hmm. and so anyway there's a story about like on this process on this uh of him being exiled away by by uh a, a, an atlantic route and the boat ride um that there was a moment when he needed to pray and so he told his captors that he needed to pray um not now but right now i have to pray mm-hmm. and they disallowed him from praying on the boat mm-hmm. and so the story goes that he made his ablutions and he took his prayer mat and he threw it over the side of the boat and then he proceeded to jump over the side of the boat lands on his prayer mat and makes his salah and so the miracle is not that he's on the water. The miracle, in my thinking, is that he betrays physical law itself in order to embody and display uh, the proper worship of God. While at the same time, and this is what I'm talking about in terms of like Tisawaf being uh of spirituality in, in, in hearing the political, right? So this is an example of how la ilaha illallah in the context of the colonial encounter being anti-colonial speech because it is directly a testification that the French would not and could not ever be God. They're... they're, they're they do not determine when he prays. Mm-hmm. They do not allow, you know, determine whether or not he worships. Mm-hmm. Allah determines that. Mm-hmm. Allah told him to pray. He is going to pray. On their boat or not on it, right? And so the very ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, right? Allah told that, that water to hold him up so that mm-hmm. he could pray to his Lord, mm-hmm. right? While at the same time, the French are looking over the boat, witnessing their own powerlessness. Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah. Um, I always like think about that story, like, um, and this is like, and this is actually that that um, that exile, right, yes. is celebrated annually in one of the largest yes, pilgrimages yes, yes. In, in in the world, which yeah. is the Magal of, of the of mm-hmm. Tuba, the holy city of Tuba. Um, may, may everyone who participates in that. Um, be 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 forgiven and given mm-hmm. the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let that be a means of their their elevation and let us mm-hmm. let us let us participate and witness mm-hmm. in that and, and, and be a part of that inshallah so at some point um and so that's you know um the and this takes me back to my own uh research context in which Sheikh Muhammad Mustafa is writing his own spiritual poetry in the context of colonial and post-colonial Senegal mm-hmm. um that these sort of you know celebrations of his love for Prophet Muhammad sallallahu his worship of God subhanahu wa ta'ala right it, it, and mm. it sort of contains prayers for protection yeah. prayers for 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 healing 
uh, prayers for 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 mercy mm. and and intimacy uh, with with the beloved with God and, and the beloved of God, uh, and that those mm. same words are being performed and uttered by people of African descent who are Muslim on the other side of the ocean in today's context. Um, uh, and so that's a, it's a powerful connection, right? And, this, and, and what is the answer to, to disinheritance, right? That mm. people of African descent have been um, a, a, a subject to and have experienced, it is the inheritance, right? What is the South except for an inheritance, Beautiful. the inheritance, Beautiful. subhanAllah. No, I mean, this is deep. And I think, um, you know, what you're getting at is that there is, you know, it's a great tragedy and a great injustice to have one's land mm. uh, stolen or even one's own body right, stolen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yet the, the, those are, um, you can... Those are things that can be remedied. You mm-hmm. can get those back. Yeah. Yeah. But once one loses one's way of seeing and being mm-hmm. and once and, and begins to see through the eyes of another, especially mm-hmm. the one who's yeah, colonize you. It's then it's complete. Yeah. And, and unless there's a way back, then mm-hmm. these, these are the ones that are preserved. And I just think of, you know, um, this like unconquerability of these true odia. That's really mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Like, because oh, yeah. they're completely in surrender, submission to Allah. Yeah. And so no one can. And there's a sense of like, you can jail me. You can oh, imprison yeah. me. Yeah. You can exile me. But you have no control over my inner reality. And yeah. there's And even to the extent. With these real, the people of Allah, I won't even allow you to make me hate you. Right. Like, right. I won't even allow you to affect my heart, yeah. like my spiritual state. And it makes me think of, um, you know, Sheikh Ahmed Al Alawi, one of the great, mm-hmm. you know, Algerian sages of the 20th century. And Martin Lings wrote that book, Sufi Saint of the 20th Century, about mm-hmm. him. And at the beginning of that, he includes um, this really amazing passage where a French doctor who has lived in Algeria mm-hmm, mm-hmm. describes his encounter mm-hmm. with Sheikh Al-Alawi. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, was nominally Christian, but he very much was a man of science in the modern, you know, kind of mm-hmm. secular. But he just describes this profound encounter mm-hmm. that really shook him to his core. Where he, yeah. And he said the only thing that, I, the, my reference point is like, when I walked into his room in his Zawiyah, and I saw his face, like you know, um, kind of framed by the, the mm-hmm. turban, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he was invoking in silence in this dimly lit room. And like right when I saw him, though, I, I just said, "I've never seen anything that reminded me more of Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. was like this, mm-hmm. and he just mentioned even the like that he walks in in his shoes, which of mm-hmm. course, yeah. And Sheikh Ahmed was like welcome don't worry about that and he, and he had a chair brought from him even though he mm-hmm. sat on the ground yeah of course. and then he had him water served and, and the doctor mentioned that as he drank it that Sheikh Ahmed said for him bismillah like he said it for him as mm-hmm. the doctor. Mm-hmm. you know so there was this you yes you can walk it in your shoes yeah. you could sit in it's your profound chivalry like there was yeah. this like sense yeah. of mm-hmm. 
you know, um, and so that he just describes his relationship to him where he, mm-hmm. he has some of these questions and mm-hmm. it just, you know, these people are really free and it also reminds me of, you know, when you're speaking of, uh, you know, Habib Omar bin Hafid, who's, he was born in a time where Southern Yemen was uh, colonized by mm-hmm. the uh, communists that mm-hmm. were aligned mm-hmm. with Russia. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they were deeply antagonistic to religion, obviously, mm-hmm. and particularly to the scholarly class. Yeah, of which Habib's father was a part. Mm-hmm. And same, like Sheikh Ahmed Obama, they really uh, feared that mm-hmm. these people had the people's allegiance. Yeah, and of course, you know, and so they actually, when Habib Obama was a boy of about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was with went with his father to Juma, and the you know, he, these, the, the communist mm-hmm. you know, he took his father. Mm. And when they t- kind of took him, that what what remained was only his shawl, and Habib like had his father's shawl, and he never saw his father again. Mm. He was mm. killed. And <clears throat> Habib Omar then had to leave and go into exile, so he went to a different part of Yemen that was, and then eventually once the communists fell, he returned mm-hmm. back to his. Know, to Tareem mm. and now of course he has Dar Mustafa a seminary which is mm-hmm. conveying this <clears throat> this tradition this unbroken chain of transmission yeah. to the Prophet yeah. mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. there's an outward dimension but it's really as you're indicating about the inner reality yeah. and you know Habib Omar says you know like and you look now there's thousands of students from all over yeah and he says, like, they tried to extinguish the light of Allah. Mm. But look, you know, Allah's light. This is all my father's yeah. legacy, you know? And so yeah. there's this, there's this, like, um, you know, it's actually like a true royalty. Yeah. Like, we think it might be, no, these worldly power people have, no. Like, that's mm. a that's mm-hmm. a caricature of these people. They yeah. were the true, yeah. you know the uh, fuqara are the wealthy the sultans they are the slaves dust yeah. on the path of the prophet we raise our hands and we pray it's you know like these are yeah. the true free men and women what does it mean so wealth what does it mean to understand what actual wealth is against and apart from uh, a kind of capitalist understanding of mm-hmm. wealth right or, or a kind of material understanding of wealth mm-hmm. right wealth means not needing Poverty means to need, mm. right? And so what does it mean to have all of this, all re- like resources and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, vast wealth and still have a desire, a, 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 but, but not just a desire, but like a kind of um, um, a deep-seated need to have more, right? That person is impoverished, mm. right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something which you said about that you said about this sort of thinking about imprisonment and our freedom in spite of imprisonment, mm-hmm. right? Um, it reminds me of this um, of Steve Biko, who was mm-hmm. a, a South African activist and an anthropologist, actually, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's um, narrated as having said that the most potent weapon of the colonizer lies in the minds of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um. And this sort of question of internality, this question of the sort of um, internalized oppression right. that um, 
uh, Martinique and um, uh, psychoanalyst uh, right. Francois Fanon right. wrote so much about yes. um, is very much sort of connected to this tradition of like what does it mean to engage in freedom seeking and and what does it mean to engage in um, the sort of establishing the conditions to address unfreedom mm-hmm. right um, and what is being I think experienced in this moment um, is this is an interesting book by Ronaldo Walcott called The Long Emancipation mm-hmm. in which he thinks about pushes us to think about um, a, a, a emancipation i.e. I. the sort of this moment when uh, slavery ends, particularly in a North American context, but sort of a broader mm-hmm. um, Atlantic um, sort of historical moment where um, the so-called West is um, somehow no longer reliant on, not freeing, but no longer, somehow no longer reliant on um, the... Uh, on slave labor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that this does not mark this period of freedom, but rather emancipation, a, a prolonged period of emancipation up until the present that is about um, a kind of a, a kind of juridical articulation of non-enslavement, but is cannot be uh, uh, defined as freedom. Right. Mm. Uh, insofar as this sort of denial of human rights, a denial mm-hmm. of the, the humanity of, right. of, of people of color, uh, black, indigenous and otherwise. Um, that's sort of, I think, a, a, a succinct way of um, talking about the lived experience of oppressed people. Right. And, 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 and the I think. And, and, and so the, 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 the tradition that we are talking about, um, and I want to just comment really quickly and go back to uh, us sort of, you know, together sort of narrating this hadith about the planting of the tree mm-hmm. in the final hour. Um, I think that is, I don't believe in coincidence, and mm-hmm. I don't think many of us mm-hmm. do, but I, I think the, the fact that both of us are immersed in traditions that are designed or tradition right uh through different lenses that are designed to cultivate a sense of knowing an attunement to the the um the reality of things Mm -hmm. i find it very interesting that we both think about this Mm -hmm. uh, particular narration out of the thousands and thousands of (laughs) of narrations of of of, of, of hadith of prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa um, not that I know thousands, but um, <laughs> I, I think it's just interesting how we like both came to that that mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm. um, that I think is a, a um, an example um, or rather exemplifies um, that inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that chain of transmission yeah. um, that is not necessarily about particular litanies or prayers but rather is the 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 the, the, the essence uh, that animates a longing for um connection um um 
yeah i mean you know i think that's 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 um very 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 interesting uh and i think that's you know is is a is a a, a kind of um example of how that how that shows up uh, in, in interesting interesting ways but then the the other thing i think i, I wanted to um discuss really quickly was um or to, or turn our attention to is is the sort of um um book we spoke about earlier by Martin Wen called Modern Muslim Theology that I am definitely a fan of. Hold on, let me see if I can find pull up I think I have a quote on my phone if I can pull it up really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna let me. Um so Well why are you looking for it? Yeah, um, so. yeah no, I mean I think um you know that also what we're talking about too and I think what is harder to get at is that um, and we talk about a morality and ethics mm-hmm. and we talk about mm-hmm. as opposed to just a like formality and, and outward practice which has its place and its importance is connected to the inward also mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's something about think the modern world which is so focused on the external first of all and then also mm-hmm. in a it's it's easier to preserve the out, outer actions and inner realities yeah right right and right. you know dr omar Farouk abdullah said something interesting recently i heard him say that um you know he mentioned as someone who comes from a Christian background that mm-hmm. Muslims don't sometimes don't realize the blessing of like how much we actually know about yeah. the actions of the Prophet Sallallahu yeah. Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. how he not only how he prayed and fasted, yeah. but how he sat and how he walked yeah. and how he entered a room and all these right. things. And he mentions like Christians aren't even sure what language Jesus spoke. Right. They don't even pray like they they can they can their scripture that documents the way he prayed, but they don't pray like the way he prays. Exactly. Yeah. So there's yeah. so many things like that. Yeah. And then he so he says we're really blessed because we we pray in the way the prophet prayed. Mm. We fast in the way he pray. like mm-hmm. Muslims all over the world. He said, but the the difficulty or the challenge or the tragedy of our age. Yeah. Is how many Muslims see the world as the prophet's eye? Yeah. Yeah. And so again, we're talking about these, you know, that piece and. Right. The thing about it, too, is that as you're getting at, you know, of course, the Prophet was the Prophet. Who knows what he saw? I mean, there's mm-hmm. hadith that one of the Sahaba said, we sat with the Prophet and he narrated uh, what happened at the beginning of time until people took their place after Yom Qiyamah in the garden or the fire and everything mm. that came between. He said, and whoever, you know, each person remembered what they could remember of that. But it was right, like, right, he right. Basically, so what, what what he experienced or what he witnessed, Allah Alam. But the point is, is that, you know, it's not a, as you were saying, this living tradition, it's actually a, as you mentioned, it's a tazki, it's a, it's a, it's a cultivation, it's a tarbiyah, it's a, Mm-hmm. transformation of your being which allows you to experience and to see mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. differently and what we would say is closer to as they truly are yeah you know and um you know so i think that's really the the challenge of our time as well is really like how can we 
Um, and really what we're talking about, Tassawah, even though Tassawah and these, these orders, they really are, in many ways, they're very alive and they're, 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 they're living. And, mm-hmm. But they are, in a certain sense, given the market forces and given globalization and given mm-hmm. mass media and given mm-hmm. all these things, mm-hmm. they're also endangered. Yeah, there's yeah. a sense in which, like, you know, and so, yeah, I don't know. If you've yeah, heard yeah, that. no. So I found the thing, but I just on the moment. So the the just to make clear, I think the the because one of the things that can I mean, and this is sort of takes us away from the the point of our conversation, but one of the things that um is for for anyone who's sort of listening here um is important to consider and think about is the way in which like it's important not to get caught up in the the sort of the boundaries of one's tariqa, right? Because yes. the idea, mm. right, is the tariqa really only, I mean, in spite of how beautiful they are, just like just like Islam, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a merely, uh, and I don't want to get in trouble here, but merely a mechanism for communicating the things that are important to communicate, right? Yeah. It's, it's a sort of a, a, a pathway or, or, or rather a, a medium, a, a strategy, um, a, a configuration uh, for... For expressing the, the the truth of that reality, right. right? It's it's a it's a it's like um. So I'm trying to think of a, a, a good analogy. Well, if we go to the the linguistic analogy, yeah. tariqa is is a, is a path. So right. if you think about it as a yeah. mountain, right? You you could say like the mini toruk, the mini path. There's many paths up the mountain. Right. It's it not about the worship, precipice. but it's yeah. it's yeah, it's what you it's the vantage point, right? You know, right. and so like you may right. come from that path, and I may come from that path, but if we get to the the we're seeing the same thing, the same mm-hmm. vantage point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's pause here. And I'll come back to yeah, let me answer this. So um, it's important to consider the the, the, the the fact that like these various turuk or these um, methods for um, journeying mm-hmm. uh, to the goal, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm-hmm. um, and in so doing, uh, arriving to a better version of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, is just that, right? And so um, I just wanted to sort of say that as an aside, yeah. um, um, and the, in a... In a an appreciation of that fact is what allows for the connection within and between, but that we experienced earlier. But I wanted to turn our attention to this uh, this quote by Martin Wen. Um, again, the name of the book is Modern Muslim Theology. Um, shout out to to, to Brother Martin uh, Wen um, on page one seventy one. He says because he's talking about the uh, the salah and, and and the prostration and the politics of prostration, right? And thinking about like. Um, using that moment when Malcolm first prostrates while incarcerated as a sort of breaking of his own ego, right? And, and that, that, that is a, one, that's, a, that's an embodiment of uh, this sort of spiritual realization that he comes to, mm-hmm. this sort of in the midst of a kind of personal realization, a kind of uh, internal crisis. But then also he is prostrating in, the con- in this sort of particular historical, sociopolitical context that would then inform his understanding of what Islam uh, allows one to accomplish both religiously but also politically, right, in some interesting ways. And so anyway, um, and this also brings me back to like this, um, the story I told about Sheikh Hamadou Bamba, mm-hmm. uh, may Allah be pleased with him, uh, with, with, him with, with him as well as Malcolm X, um, uh, uh, and which he's sort of prostrating on the ocean, right? Um, and so Martin was Martin one says that the ritual prayer is not an act 
intended to isolate and insulate a person of faith from the world. The timing and form of prayer anchors prayer to the circumstances of a person's existence. When the faithful pray, they do so in the midst of the world where they strive, struggle, and suffer. It compels them to face their situation and confront the difficulties and challenges therein. And so essentially he's talking about the manner in which prayer does not um, divorce one from the world, right? It allows you to, to, to inhabit this world differently, yes. right? And it compels you to engage the, the lived world, yeah. right? Um, as you, and, or, or rather, and it, it forces one to and allows for one to engage God, Right. Um, And that that allows one to one's work to be that much more effective. Right. With 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 his permission. And so um, and I and I think this is one of the things that um, is important to note. Um, Again, thinking about Islam as um, a. not as like this sort of religion or religious category, but rather a tradition that allows uh, for a certain kind of like moral development and ethical cultivation. Bismillah. So yeah, um, so yeah. I mean, that's, no, I'm just you know trying to do the work um, uh, and, and sort of appreciative of having the the, the blessing of. Of being put in a position where I can um, record uh, this this beautiful lesson, right about um, about like the development of the human being, mm-hmm. right, and what does that mean, and 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 you know, just kind of speaking personally, you know, it's an opportunity for me to um, reflect on my own development, like uh, inwardly, and and then also like how I think about. Um, spirituality as a politics and the politics of spirituality and, and, and what spirituality uh, what spiritual development is for right mm-hmm. it's, it's not merely something that um, causes one to be adrift and mm-hmm. aloof right and separated from from one's people one of the things that I that I um, often say to um others when I'm having conversations like these is that Allah put us in our bodies mm-hmm. um, at a particular time, at a particular place for a reason. And Allah does not play games, mm-hmm. right? Allah plans and mm-hmm. he's the best of planners. And so uh, there is no coincidence that I wear the skin that I do. There is no coincidence um, that I live where I live. There's no coincidence that I have access to what I have access to. There's no coincidence uh, uh, that I've been given the particular faculties that I've been given. Um, there is no coincidence that I have the limitations that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no coincidence that I have, um, that I think is the, the, the largest blessing of all of those is that I have, I want God in my heart, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, just like being able to just like perceive that and think of that and, and appreciate that mm. I think is um, is a special thing and, I, and I'm thankful for that mashallah yeah, no absolutely and I think that's 
that's a blessing and we're you're in the academy and mm-hmm. we're in a place in time more generally where um this uh, you mentioned the shifa this medicine is needed like this mm-hmm. is what you know we're in a time of uh you know like we were talking about earlier before you know at lunch that western civilization is really in an identity crisis yeah and uh who are we what are we where are we going mm-hmm. and um you know, I think that this beautiful way, this beautiful path, this beautiful dean is, um, you know, carries a remedy on an individual level as like mm-hmm. so many of us have tasted, but also yeah. on a communal level and on a societal mm-hmm. level and mm-hmm. on a political level, you yeah. know, as you mentioned. And I think, um, you know, th- this, it's it's a great, you mentioned khidma, it's a great, it's a great service to humankind mm-hmm. to um, present to practice to articulate and communicate this living way you yeah. know that we're so mm. blessed to be inheritors of mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. even despite our, our shortcomings yeah. and uh, mashallah you know we look forward to your book and to, to all your output and your scholarship and your Amen. you know and uh, you know inshallah once it's out we'll have you back and yeah, yeah speak about it, uh, just one final yes, final please. word uh the, what you just said about like this sort of outward uh there was this what should be really a ripple effect mm. of 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 the consequence of waging beauty of yes. of putting putting beauty into 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 pla- practice uh, it reminds me of this proverb that goes Ghanaian proverb i think goes um the ruin of a nation um begins in the homes of its people mm. Um, and it really, I think that's a, a commentary on being attentive to starting at home, right? And 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 home either mean, meaning the self or meaning like literally one's household, right? The, the sort of immediate um, um, sort of uh, radius that you have, you know, impact on, right? You have impact on that radius, inshallah, in, in God willing, a, a, in a positive manner, and that that your home yourself right is an example a light um that uh can address darkness right and so one of the interesting things that i also um talked about earlier um was uh khalid abu alafado's um book the prophet's pulpit in which he talks about like darkness as a like a an active thing mm-hmm. right um that's interesting to think with um uh rather than just thinking of it as an absence of light, right? Mm. Um, and so there's so much darkness, so much so that to utter a term like Western civilization begs the question, is that an oxymoron, mm. right? Mm. Um, should we not say Western society, right? Mm. Or something like that, because we're surrounded by uh, uh, so much, uh, so many people, it seems, that are committed to being uncivilized, right? Wasn't it, was it the quote, that attributed to Gandhi, they said, "What do you think about Western civilization?" He said, "I think it would be a good idea." Right, <laughs> right, exactly, precisely, precisely, precisely. Um, but no, I mean, you know, the civilization, the notion of civilization, is unfortunately tethered to questions of sort of technological advance or notions of mm. you know uh, yeah. uh, modern accoutrements and mm-hmm. these sort of uh, kinds of. Uh, certain aesthetics as opposed to the attentiveness to character and etiquettes mm-hmm. and and um, um, uh, decorum mm-hmm. and aesthetics and 
you know, um, these kinds of um, um, sort of qualities of, of a kind of um, artistic um, a, a, a sort of a, a attentiveness to, to the, the necessity mm. of beautific cultivation of mm. spirit, of body, of, of, of architecture, mm. um, of, of literature, you know the the sort of the the the, the fineries of what it means to be a human being, mm-hmm. right? So, so I'm it's, it's a blessing to be on this journey, um, and I'm thankful for it. Um, and thank you for for having me uh, 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 be a part of this, you know, um, podcast. Uh, it's been a rich conversation, and I'm just I'm just I feel blessed to to be able to to uh, describe the the project. The journey that I'm that I'm walking on. Alhamdulillah, we're honored, and inshallah we'll visit you in um, North Carolina, and inshallah we'll visit you in Senegal too. Yes, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam.